welcome back to our podcast where we talk about things and you listen you just hope you put a bookmark in it I don't want to lean into that. I just don't. Oh. I just don't know what else to do. We are still in the midst of trying to name this, unless we post it with no name and just call it the No Name Podcast because no, we can't figure we'll, it out. We'll think of something. We'll think. Of, oh, my name's Hannah. This is Hannah. Yeah, this I'm is, Malia. Yeah. Um, I think we forget to do that sometimes. We just assume you already know who we are. We assume you're re-listening and that you're not new listeners. Also, it doesn't it's not about us, but it is. But it's not. But also, it's it is. I feel as though what's your name? Definitely about us. My name's Malia. No, I'm talking about the person listening. Oh, that's when they randomly shout. Well, just kidding. Yell your name right now. Oh, nice to meet you. Yeah. I didn't get that role playing. I just still thought it was all about me. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so we talk about things, mainly books, mainly a specific book. Uh, Court of Thorn and Roses is what we're currently on. We're diving into Sarah J. Moss. Sarah J. Math. Uh, we're not sure how to say it still, but still. Obviously, if you... Ma'am, if you can really just... You can reach out to us and let us know how to say your name. I'd like phonetically... Yeah. You could put that in um, the front of all your Also, books. if someone has told us in between all of these episodes, we don't so know sorry. because we've recorded them before we've released them. Prior to... Yeah. So, um, that's okay. We We are still figuring thing out and realistically i'm gonna be honest i feel like we only have at best maybe three listeners who are like yeah i'd really like to to deep dive into this (laughs) so we appreciate you listener um because we want you to be on this journey with us and note that this is purely opinion completely speculative we, Based off of us already reading these books yeah. and then being so invested emotionally in them and the characters that we then wanted to talk about them all the time yeah. and apply their learnings and beliefs to our own existence. So it could be considered weird or sad, but we're looking at it as a positive and going, we're winning. Yeah. Um, we started reading these books during COVID. Not this series in particular, but um, we did latch onto this series for a reason you will find out. Much, much later. Um, so just let that be the little the little thing keeping you on the edge of your seat of why we decided to start here. Instead of with the Throne of Glass. There is, is a strategy because Throne of Glass is her first series. First one. But um, we're not gonna we're not gonna start there. We're gonna start here in the second series she's writing, which is Court of Thorn and Roses. And which is still technically per her FAQ section on her website, an ongoing series. Yeah. Um, which again, we're only in the first book, so mm. we have a long ways to go, but, uh, we have a lot of things to say and so strap on your little baldric, get yep. your tunic ready. Get out of here. We're going on a journey. Chapters one through four are discussed in episode one, episode one, Return um, of the Jedi. No. <laughs> Chapters six, five, six, and seven. <laughs> are discussed in episode two so if you haven't listened to those i do recommend we highly recommend that you go back and listen to those um otherwise you may not know what we're talking about you will 1000 be confused you can just say we don't give a fuck about those chapters i want to talk specifically about this 
Um, but if you do want that context, then that's where you'll find it. Additionally, if you have not read the book at all, I don't recommend that you start here because this is spoiler city. There's, we, we do let things go and, um, even if you've read it, we're going to let things go. Yeah. I feel like that's important to say. Yeah. Also, if you haven't read this book and you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume you did it just because you think we're cute. So thank you. (laughs) On that note, let's dive right in. Chapter eight. Malia, would you like to start or would you like me to start? Um, I can start. What was your one-liner for chapter eight? Um, I think chapter eight's kind of boring, but... It was because I didn't have a lot to say. I readdressed. We find out that Feyre's mom passed away and was too busy for her, basically, in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me back to the first thing I said in the first episode that I did just learn in therapy is that self-esteem comes from your mother. So... My pondering was, do you think that's why she's always so hard on herself and so into these um, super, like, uh, ego-driven, excessively, mas- like, toxic masculinity types, like Tamlin, uh, like Tamlin. Um, and then I also noted Tam has been nothing but considerate of her life and what she wants up to this point, like, just taking care of her meeting her needs and making sure she has things that she wants, she's cared for. Um, but she still keeps up this facade that he's a monster. Um, is oh, it? when Lucian is all... Oh, that's what it was. And that's where it came to, where Lucian is still just kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. But she somehow come to the conclusion, Lucian's the key to all of this, and he'll fix it and make it better if uh, if I try to side with him and get him to vie for me with Tamlin. And I just thought that was insane, yeah. uh, personally. Um, and I think it's just, my other last note was it's kind of funny that she still just keeps focusing on, focusing, oh, focusing on her family. Yes. Uh, and you said originally, before we actually get into this, can I ask you, mm-hmm. before we started recording anything, um, again, we'll come back to, Hannah's really good, and it's where she excels at the um, eruditious, you know, excessive note-taking. Spell eruditious. E-R-U-D-I. I don't know how to spell it, so I can't <laughs> help you. T-I-O-U-S. I think. I don't know. I don't remember what I just said. Um... Whatever. She's, see? Pedantic as hell. Very into that. being. P-E-N-D. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, P-E-G-A-N. I relied T-I-C. too heavily on the computer in my pocket. I'm more I'm more of like, I have to write it down. So if you ask me to do it vo- like okay, vocally, just, it stresses me out. Because I'm like, oh, I need to write it down. And then I start air writing with my finger. Mm-hmm. Hear my pen click? That's my, my princess pen getting ready to write it down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Test me later. I'm going to spell it. <laughs> I didn't win any spelling bees. Don't worry. But either way, she's really good at like being very eloquent with her synopses and making sure that like she really sums up what happens. Whereas I'm wayward and just go, "This bitch, no, she didn't." You have a, a special art to commentary though, <laughs> and I don't want you to neglect that because it it's is something. We would not be one uh, without the other. I hope so. But that brought me to, you know, I realized we didn't your question. focus on your point. You said it took you to chapter 7 
to find your point. Like, it was the red flag point. Oh, was it? That was my whole... Oh, I never knew! So, prior to, to starting this, obviously, we talked about it extensively which is why we decided to start it was because we are saying so many words obviously other people are going to want to hear them yeah, uh, mainly the people in our office because we would we would sneak away and talk about it at work and mm. the people in our office were like we didn't sneak away we just we did, did it right out of the it. conference table and yeah. it made it really uncomfortable for most people but like we would do it in front of other people trying to get their just like everyday jobs done and then they would be engrossed in it too so it was like a fun thing because they have absolutely no idea what's going on in the book yet they're invested in our conversation because we're just like we're excited about it I think if anyone's passionate about something you can get involved in what they're saying because they have excitement towards it I digress energy I digress um I did mention to Malia that or to you sorry I never know if I should talk to the audience or if I should talk to you let's talk to both okay break that third wall but like I mentioned to you Oh, like I, I didn't really know where I was gonna go in the beginning of this because it's like, you start and you talk and then it's like, do you really have anywhere to go? Do you have a an aim, an outcome, a purpose? And it's mine. I noticed in the seventh chapter, and it was a, the whole mm-hmm. green flag, red flag conversation. And if Love you didn't that. hear that, please go listen to episode two. Because We're so smart. That is. <laughs> It's not that. It's just, it is me relating it to my yeah. real life. No, and I love that. Not just reading it the first time. It's reading it the second time with yep. outcome already in mind. So that that was my big, because I, I sort of kept you on edge. You really that, did. And I was like, oh, I have a big thing to talk about. And that was it. And it's because, like, what the fuck? Like, it, it's mainly about me, because that's whatever. But it's, it's all like, about me. But it is. It's like I read it the first time, and the second time I read it, I had a completely different perspective because I already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that is what it is. But it does continue. That, that whole conversation will continue to play through the rest of my talk about this book because oh, thank God. it's now the lens through which I'm deciding to view it. <laughs> I love that. No, um, I do love that. I, I want to just note that because um, – this is what it's, I don't, what's it called? I'm sure there's a term for it. When you know someone's doing better than you and then you try to like, you know, they make, they push you to do better. I'm sure there's a term. Uh, it can't be a good I think one. it's just healthy competitiveness. Well, I didn't want to be competitive. I just didn't want to be like that one guy with the crumpled up like note paper <laughs> for everything while this woman over here has got like a 10 page essay and I'm like, oh. I don't have an essay. We have I never said you did, but either way, so I wrote out three points because I was like, I don't have any points. (laughs) (laughs) I just have a bunch of random thoughts. So my points. But they are points. They are points. The points that I came back to, I just need you to know. Okay. I wrote them down because I got so stressed out that I had no points. (laughs) (laughs) That I wrote down points. Don't compare your journey to mine. I know, but sometimes you need someone to help you expand how far your journey can go. Well, I was... I was pressured to come up with that. That point naturally occurred to me. Yeah. But as soon as it happened, it was great. It was like a relief to me because I was like, Malia's going to have this big thing to talk about and I'm not going to have anything. little crazy shit. So just know that we had the same insecurity and fear. Oh, that's so great. Um, What were your points? Can I just make a parallel to my also life in therapy? Uh Uh-huh. It's really great. I'm seeing... This is therapy. uh, Yeah. I I am talking to this uh, new person. I'm just very big into mental health. It's super important. And I was talking about, I, it's funny because... Did you know you, my neighbor, which you, 
if you're watching this, you can see. But if you're listening, my neighbor to my right is a therapist. You did tell me that. And I'm always like, want to say things really loud and hope that she just texts me <laughs> and is like, advice. are you okay? And I'm going to be like, no. <laughs> well, well it's mostly, it's funny because you'll understand this. And people listening, you will understand this. We work together in a in a actually a very big company financially, but employee wise, it's very small. It's a very unique setup of a of a corporation. We do work full disclosure. We work for an MLM, but on the corporate side. So we're not distributors. We work for the corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, you love it, you hate it. There's pros and cons, no matter what you do. But. No matter what, with every job, right? Um, and I was explaining to this therapist um, why my one good, I had one good relationship in my life that I that I can say it was like a healthy enough relationship and the person I was in it with was a very healthy person and it gave me the opportunity to see that we just didn't thrive together and that our like our goals didn't align, right? And the reason I came to that That's though- big of you. It was it was new for me, but for it's sure. Big of, it's big of anyone to realize that to look at something and say, "I like you, I love you, but we're not good for each other." That's hard. Yeah, that's good. It is hard, and the reason and the reason I say this is because you pushed me to do more and grow, Aww. kind of thing. Because well, I stressed out that you were doing more than me. <laughs> <laughs> but it came down to I was talking about why that relationship ended, and I was like, honestly, the job that I have has put me in such an interesting position. That during that relationship, if I had been in that relationship three years prior, I would have stayed in it. It was very comfortable. He was very good at being a very steady person. Yeah. No real... He wanted to work and provide for himself and for me, but he had no real goals to ascend to anything different. Yeah. And no real drive to do that. Yeah. And, then and that's okay. It is. That is Absolutely okay. okay. I think that's important to note is that... Then that is actually what I said to him. I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think at a certain point in yeah. my life, I would have been okay. It just, unfortunately, I started working different. where I work now. I think it's not you want more, you want different. It is, it, it's perspective. Yeah. And I just didn't see the world being as much as it was until I got this job. Whether, again, love it or hate it, it's very polarizing and it opens yeah. your eyes to so many things that you would never assume possible or probable that it just changed my whole scope of the world yeah and then I was like well I can't be in this relationship because I do appreciate who he is and where he is but I can't stay there yeah and I was always gonna be miserable well, and you it can would hold only... space for that person without being in the space with them and I think that's 100%. really good for you so it made me think about that when I was like, well, now I have to be as good as her because, like, she's forcing me to level up. Ugh, I'm not. I hate this. I'm You're right because my points were really not as good as yours because oh then God. I came up with three points that let's one I latched on to. She legit skinned a humanoid being. <laughs> Fairy or no, he looked like a man IRL. Not as the beast he was, <laughs> he was pushed into. Um, someone out there with some immortal skin what? is walking around. Oh, yeah, the yuck. skin thing. I just wrote yuck. That was my third point. My second point was, she's so obsessed with her family, but they're always dicks. Yeah. And I still maintain that. That is one good A lot of people are. A lot of people She's, are. like, so obsessed with taking care of them and loving them and them being so entwined. blood is thicker than water. That Absol- doesn't mean anything. I hardcore believe that. Fuck that. I mean, I have a great family, and I grew up in a very loving and supporting <laughs> environment, but fuck that. No. Well, and no, that's like, I know that I, yeah. because I have that role, 
or model in my life, because I have that model in my life, I'm more aware of that you don't have to settle for just because they birthed you or because they were related. Yeah. They were born from the same vagina as you doesn't mean that you have to, you can still love them. It doesn't mean that they have to be your friend or that you have to, to care about what they think or say. It's like, no, you can still care for them as a person, but you don't have to let them be in your life. And I think I've been very privileged with that in my life to grow up in a home where that's not the case yeah. because and I we all have our fault. We all have our faults, right? Yeah. Like, so I, it's great perspective. Yeah. Like, there's things that I don't like about my childhood, but at the same time, like, I can still wholeheartedly say that I, I would not want to trade places with a lot of people in life because. And that's amazing. Your my, family's amazing. Yeah. I mean, if, we love we love her family. If you called my mom tonight and you're like crying I need a place to stay like she'd be like come on over do you need me to pick you up like absolutely like they're just caring and loving and my dad's the same way like he's a he's a fixer where my mom's a nurturer and my brother's a mix (laughs) of both but like he's protective of me and I'm protective of him but like it's just yeah I don't even know how we got on this tangent but that oh it's the blood is sick Fuck your family if they're not nice to you. Go make a new family with other people, even if they're not related to you. Absolutely. And honestly, it's that's why I bring people into my family because I'm like, I love you all. Like, I want you to feel the same love. And your family's so amazing that they do take on anybody. Yeah. Even when you fight with them, they're your mom's just like, (laughs) now Hannah. For background, Malia and I got in a large argument, and my mom. Multiple. A couple. Of course, I call my mom and I'm like, Malia and I, right, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, and then, like, on the side, she's texting Malia, like, stuff, too, so she's it's just, like, she's just sending me memes, which is my love yeah. language, it's just memes, but and like, she's, yeah. it's the, my favorite thing, and honestly, probably one of the, the most mom things, considering yeah. I have a completely opposite family dynamic, even, and me and Hannah went, like, it was a Almost minute. a year. It was a minute. Without being close. We went a couple months with being like highly um, abrasive to each other to yeah. just not really engaging. And yeah. it just came to like, we still have to work together. Um, and it's it's yeah, honestly one of my like healthiest relationships technically because you're still forced to like not cut people out because you have to engage with them. Yeah. So you find healthy ways. I, we could have made it terrible, yeah, but we but found we- a good way to... Yeah. To hit a middle ground and funny enough. But that's because we were both willing to go through the uncomfortableness of what our argument was and and come out on the other side. It's having that. Yeah. We don't have. It's a a whole thing. Just know know that books brought all of this about. Like originally the, the Throne of Glass actually started us like getting more it actually prior to the throne of glass we had had an, a different disagreement we had just spent too much time around each other that's not um true. yeah and then throne of glass brought us back yeah. and then we were like oh we were super tight again it was everything was cool and then we had a big fight after we were going to start this podcast we tried to once and it didn't work out and then we didn't talk for a hot minute now all this time her and her mom and myself were on a group thread where her mom just sends a meme every morning Every, At least one, if not fail. two, literally every morning. It is like, it, I don't think Clockwork. that she's missed a day. And no matter what, since she started doing that, and I think it was two, maybe two Thanksgivings ago, yeah. 
she has literally never stopped. Even when me and Hannah weren't talking, even when we weren't like super good friends, she was so consistent and never, never wavered and was just like, okay, like you can, I don't know her thought process, but she doesn't, she literally didn't care. She's like, y'all can get the names. (laughs) And it's been like the, she's just like the best mom ever. And I'm like, that's like, that's a mom. That's what happens. Like, that's what you should cling to, not your dick-ass family mm-hmm. who is literally over here going, mm, you give suck. us stuff. Oh, we don't care about you. Mm, you should just stay gone. Like, you should get just the f- stay gone. I mean, that's what, <laughs> you know, what is Farrah's last, no, Farrah's, no. What? What's Farrah's last name? I don't know. Exactly. We know the other girl's last name is Sardonia from Throne of Glass. What is this bitch's last name? Because I can't say Papa whatever his last name is because I don't remember it. And I don't think I've I, ever known it. Farah dot dot dot. Sarah, let us know. Anyways. That's actually going to bother me for a while. I'm going to have to dig through and find it. Yeah. You know they have to mention it at some point. If not, I'm going to be pissed because in her other two series, the main character they have is full names. explicitly called by their full name multiple times. Like... Yeah. In Crescent City, even, her her last name becomes her name she's called by for a very long time in the first book. That's true. By a certain someone. Oh, we digress. Should Sorry. we dive in? So we, we, went, we went on a long, long tangent. And, it's a good um, one. That's one, one where, like, you can choose to skip over that or not. Like, I've absolutely skipped over my favorite murder beginnings um, until I realized they were my favorite parts. And then I went back and re-listened to all of them. <laughs> um, when you realize so. you care about us, you might listen. If mm. not... Welcome. You'll figure it out. Um, so for we're those here for of you who did skip, we're on to chapter eight. Yeah. Do you, did you already? I did already read my synopsis because your... it was not a lot. Okay. Well, I'll dive in and then to my quick synopsis. So I guess they really can't skip over that unless we edit it in reverse. <laughs> no, no, no. Good well, luck. Enjoy. Also, side note, um, hopefully you have read or listened read. Hope you have listened to the other two. If you do hear weird sounds, there are four animals in this house. And freaky floors. And my condo is 100 years old, so um, we don't have fancy editing equipment. Um, We want to keep it raw and real. Yeah. Well, it's just if you hear weird noises, like random cats come out of nowhere. uh, There's litter boxes. There's freaky floors. There's just, there's wind. Those windows, 100 years old. Just bear with us. Um, but yeah, chapter eight. Basically, Feyre explores the empty estate some more. I do like to em- emphasize the word empty mm-hmm. uh, because she does. She notices how quiet and how there's really not many people around. Um, so the first little bit of the chapter, she just kind of is exploring. Then she ends up going to dinner. And this is sort of like the main time that she hangs out with Tamlin and Lucian together is like, dinner time and at that dinner she steals a knife important to note for future use um but also at that dinner the three of them we get to hear them talk a little bit more and um broadly they talk about why she hunts out of necessity they talk about how old she is which i think we already know but it's also fun to relate that because you of how old they are and then also they're always old, and the I know, girls but it's are just always creepy. young. It's, it's just kind of creepy so if you upsetting. really think about it. But that's a sci-fi thing. It just—I'm mm. just saying. I'm just saying you're going to be very upset with me later it's because fine. there is a huge part in this book that ties into everything we've talked about in a 
in a later series, and mm-hmm. you're going to be mad at me, but I have to talk about That's it. That's fine. I'm not going to be mad at you. You hate when I jump forward, but I might I, resist I got it. to. I might I resist it. To. I might it resist it, but it's fine. It um, drove my soul. We, they also talk about her mother. They dive into that relationship mm-hmm. more. Um, and then mm-hmm. at the end of that, obviously it comes to a head, like she sort of cuts the conversation off with her mother, and then that's when... From her internal internal dialogue, we learn that she has now decided she wants to convince Lucian to speak to Tamlin on her behalf about the treaty and a loophole and getting out of it. Um, in tandem, she also starts preparing a small go bag in her room if she were to get the chance to flee. Yep. And that's sort of chapter eight. So if we want yep. to dive in from there. Um, I honestly don't have a ton. So for whatever reason, my first thing I highlighted was I stole a knife from dinner. <laughs> Go for it. But that you, really is you kick on it. That really is it. Um, I just I I really just like this conversation between them because we get a little bit more perspective and background of her. Um, like because Lucian to this point has constantly berated her. Oh, you're such a you're such a evil Negging. person. No, I've no, still said yeah. you, I literally every almost every single chapter I have a note. It's funny she's more prone to think Lucian is accessible and like cool versus Tam when Lucian's wanted her dead from jump. That's like yeah. almost every single and post-it it, note I have. And in every possibility, he he uses every conversation to be like, "Oh, what are you gonna kill me?" <laughs> Yeah, like, he just constantly like, is putting these jabs in of like, always, oh, who are you gonna always. kill? Who are you gonna kill? And that's when she says, um, she says, I don't like to hunt. I hunt out of necessity. Yeah. And that's where it is an important distinction. Like she's not a cold blooded killer. She really does. She killed the wolf out of necessity and. It was a risk she took at the time, and she did it to feed her only objective with doing that was to feed her family. She did have the the internal dialogue in chapter one of, if it is a fairy, then so be it. Like, I don't give a fuck. They're mean to us anyways. But, like, her overarching theme was, I need to kill that doe. So that, like, she didn't take the wolf and eat it. She took the doe and ate it. Like, it was all about getting the doe in the best way that she could to feed her family. Because um, eating wolf sounds... That's icky. Mm, no. Um... They do ask how old she is. She says 19. We already know that. It's on the back of the book. It's not some big surprise. Um, but they, Lucian uses that again as an opportunity to be like so young, so such a skilled killer already. And it's like, she's not that great of a hunter. She learned everything that she did. Bread out of, no, she out is of, She is a good hunter, but it's bred out of necessity. You'd be surprised. Yes, bred out of necessity. That's a good point. How good or great you can become at something because you have to. But what's funny is that with that parallel, obviously her sisters had the option or the choice to become good at anything. And they chose, and they to, just chose be to be assholes. little bitches. That's true. And she's, she literally went, okay, well, I don't have any skills, but I'm going to learn them. And not only am I going to learn them, I'm going to yeah. excel in them so much so that it comes up later. She's such a skilled fighter. She doesn't even know how skilled she is. Yeah. She's not comparing herself to someone else. She's just comparing herself to... Can I survive? Yeah. But, like, on that note, it's a it's a good point that you're not your circumstances. You're what you make of your circumstances. Absolutely. Because that is the big polarization. Like, 
personal choice. Her and Elaine are very different, but it comes back to that her and Ness are two sides of the same coin. Like, they very much have the same drive and and for, like, not ferocity. Ferocity. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's okay. I just learned ulterior motives. It's not like, yes, they're different people. They're unique in their own ways, but they still both have this drive and this, like, hardened... I'm going to win kind of thing. It just, it, it comes out in different ways and it's because they chose to see the situation and focus on different things. Yeah. Well, it's like your athletes. You yeah. have your athletes that are drivers who yeah. would, yeah, I'm about to make a football reference and I don't, it's not even correct because I don't even understand football. I was going to say something. That it, I don't know how to say this, but all I can think is football and I could be completely wrong because I actually don't know any jack shit about sports. But you have your quarterback and their mm-hmm. sole purpose is to drive the team and be inspirational for the team and, like, get the ball where it's going. Right? Like, sure. But all intents and purposes. Okay, yes. let's just assume that that's their goal because I actually don't know. I mean, they lead the play. I don't know if they're... No, no, no. They're the leader. Like, they're, they the, the they're the driver of, like, it hasn't happened yet. The play but starts with them. They have... The, the goal and the objective them. is to get the ball... Down the field. Down the field. Yeah. Right? I can't believe I'm doing this. And then you have your other people involved somewhere in there. And we'll call them your managers. I don't know what they're... They're just like the other people that are around there. That their job (laughs) is to just like... Their teammates? Yeah, but it's not like the defense people. It's the offense people. Okay, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take this back to a business perspective. Because you have people in business that can be... football, they have offensive teams. I know. I got so good. I really thought I could do it, y'all. I've been learning so much about sports in the last two years during COVID. I had not much else to do. And it still turns out is not enough because I still don't understand it. Okay, okay. So, the the, the comparison I do have is that you have people who are... You said they're managers. (laughs) Because that's what I was going to say. You have people that are drivers, like, say in business. You have yeah. you have people that something out there does not exist. Mm-hmm. It's your visionaries. But your visionary is also a driver. Mm-hmm. Because their goal is to have whoever is with them pushing through any self-doubt or fear to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have to have your, essentially, your middle managers. Mm-hmm. Who, they're not drivers necessarily of the vision or the goal they just support it Mm -hmm. and their job is to make sure that the technical standard operating procedures happen so that things are functional from like a mechanic standpoint so while they may be drivers of people and their mechanical function within the company they're not visionary drivers yep i agree um and it's it's a very interesting I was trying to relate it to sports because I feel like that literal cat fight and Diego's about to go bonkers. Wow. That happens at least three times a day. Diego said, I'm gonna get him. Diego. Hey baby. Hi. My point of that is um all to say I don't know what the point was because I got really confused about the sport so hard. I don't know what's happening. 
the fuck are we talking well, about? I was talking about how Nesta and Feyre are different sides of the same no, that's I was what just it, bringing that back up. Sorry, that's what I was yes, saying. It's is that Feyre is a visionary from... driver, yeah. and she can see things that doesn't that, that don't exist, and she was like, I'm going to make this happen no matter what, because like I know the end goal is we need to be fed, we need to be clothed, we need money, yeah. and that's all that matters, whereas Nesta is like, I can't see anything outside of that because I've never done it and I don't know and I'm upset that I lost my money and that's all I knew mm-hmm. how to manage but like I'm still going to be an asshole and like maintain our dignity to whatever extent and that's all I can figure out how to maintain is because it's the only thing that I I know subjectively had yeah no I think so that was like my comparison I think that's a good point uh. It took us a while to get there. It's the fucking. I don't know why I went for football. I literally don't know. We're not cutting that out either because. You said, I'm going to do it. I've been learning so much. And then you said, managers. And I'm like, what? I don't know anything else. And then you said, you have the offensive people and the defensive people. I do know that much. I just know the linemen people with the crinkle fingers because they get stepped on. Okay. Are I'm you so sorry? Continue. Okay. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. I interrupted um, for that. It wasn't no. worth it. It was a it good was point. Worth it was just <laughs> took us a minute to get there. Great point. That's a great point. So I'm sorry. proud of you Never for stepping out of your comfort ever zone. Try to talk about and football again. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. Um. So yeah, I I'm ready to move on to the next Same. thing. Same. Um. Another thing that I noticed while they were in their conversation, and it's something that continues to come up, is this vow that she made to her mother. I bring this up mainly because it's interesting that she brings it up again, mm-hmm. and like, because she gets mad about Lucian poking at her, being like, oh, you're such a skilled killer already, and, and she says, I made my mother, well, she doesn't say this, this is her internal dialogue, I made my mother a promise and I'd keep it. Tamlin's looking after my family wasn't the same as my looking after them. Which brings up your point from a previous episode of, like, he took away her purpose of, like, yeah, it's fulfilled, but it's, like, that was her thing to do. Like, she felt connected to it. Um, And the reason I bring this up is because I think that the vow, the vow is something she latched on to of, like, okay, I can... We lost everything. My whole world changed. I'm kind of dumb because I can't read or write. You don't know that yet, but, like, she can't. It's not a spoiler. And, like, she's not super educated. Her sister already called her an ignorant asshole, basically. She's not super educated in the the literal book sense, but, like, she's educated in the street sense of, like, she had to become (laughs) a survivor and she had to learn and do things. Oh, my God, I really am Feyre. (laughs) And you really are a girl. She went to college. It's not a spoiler alert that there's another series that exists. It's yes. called Crescent City. It's an amazing series. Read it. But I, we've related often that Malia Bryce, is Fyra and I am Fyra. Fyra. I'm Fyra. She's Bryce yes. Quinlan. I'm Fyra. Unknown last name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, what I think is a fun, interesting point to draw from is that like. The vow is something she latches onto of like, yeah. oh, it's my word, it's my word, it's my word. But that's not the only reason she latched onto it. It's because it also had an alternative, even if it was subconscious, meaning to her of it's my dream. Because her dream was, I'm going to marry 
these children off. I'm going to marry my older sisters, Elaine and Nesta, off. I'm giving a side eye if you can't see that. And my dream is I'm going to get to take care of my dad, and that's fine. I'm good with that. I'm going to take care of me, and I'm going to have money left over to paint. Like, that was her whole dream, and she says it here. Like, and she even relates it to Tamlin looking after my family wasn't the same as my looking after him, which is the vow, but then she ties it into that wild small dream could still come to pass. My sister's comfortably married off in a lifetime with my father with enough food for us both and enough time to maybe paint a little or to maybe learn what I wanted. It could still happen in a faraway land, perhaps. Wink, wink. If I ever got out of this bargain, I could still cling to that scrap of a dream, even though these high fae would likely laugh at how typically human it was to think so small to want so little. But it is human to want to be comfortable. That aside, it was never about the vow. It wasn't. Obviously not. It, but that's like an interesting point to point out, I think. Not to say point so many times, but like... Interesting facts to I just think out. it's something to highlight because like constantly oh this vow this vow this vow trying to be like oh like i want to keep my word to my mother you don't even fucking like your mom you were eight year olds when when she died like you don't give a fuck about her she was mean to you yeah like you literally don't give a fuck about her you you're using the i made a mother to my vow as a veil and an excuse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be like to cling to this i want what i want and this is my dream and i'm gonna use this vow from my mother as an excuse to get to it to make my feel make myself feel better about wanting what i want even though it's okay to want what you want and to to get it and to go after it but like I think she uses that excuse of, oh, I made my mother this promise and I have to keep it because I love my mom so much. No, she doesn't love her mom so much. It's because she says her word is law. But in reality, it it is. It's because she does. She wants what she wants. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like, she continues to latch onto this idea of, I just want time to paint. Doesn't, yeah. And that's That's all she she wants. She just wants freedom. But what's funny is, Tamlin gives her that freedom and gives her that time and then it completely freedom shifts. Freedom is a loose word. But yes. He d- he gives her all the opportunities to do what she, what she I said. But I think it's because I don't she know realized she wanted more than just that. But that's because if you think about it, for the first time ever, she she's got what gets she what she wants yeah. and then you realize when you get what you want, it's not actually what you wanted or you start to dream bigger and you have different thoughts when you're not always in stress, high cortisol, panic, yeah. survival mode. What you change or what you want absolutely can change. And the thing is, I think that's one of her biggest problems. And that's why there's so many chapters that mean a whole lot. Like it says a whole lot of nothing. It's her coming to terms with her ideals. Have, like They change with her and she almost feels bad about it. Which is fucking hilarious considering, spoiler alert... Her family gives zero fucks that she's gone. <laughs> and even her father said before she left, don't come back. Yeah. And they're so well taken care of, they literally don't care if she's there or not. Like, no. they don't even want her. They literally, when alert, she goes back later, they... Nesta has says, Peace one, out, bitch. Yeah. Nesta has... Like, got to go. Nesta's the only one. But that's because Nesta's not a dumbass like the other Nessa's two. Nesta's a bitch. She is. She's just. But she's not a dumbass. A bitch, and she's not them. We'll get into so that. So yeah, that's so just like a whole other thing. But it's just, it's just something I thought to bring up because she it is keeps, great. 
That was the first time she really mentioned the vow in terms of also her dream. And she refers to it as that. That's my dream. Not just like, oh, once I get this taken care of, I'll get to do this. Like, she actually sees it as a dream. Other than that, in Chapter 8, we learn how her mom died from typhus. That's, who cares? Um, And then we learn that in addition to her stealing that, that knife from dinner... That she then adds that to a little satchel in her room where she's planning a go bag in a sense. Which, which means jack shit. It, but it doesn't mean anything, but it, it does mean something short term. She needs to leave at a moment's notice. The only reason I feel like they do that is for the setup for the next thing. Well, for the next chapter. It, it's what her character currently wants. Yeah, is to, to dip set. Yeah. Um, so chapter, chapter, nine. Nine. chapter nine, you go for it because honestly, my notes don't start back up until chapter eleven. Okay. Um, um chapter nine, not like overview concise. is going to be Tamlin attempts to spend time with Feyre, um, unbeknownst to her, she doesn't know why. She says she wants to be alone, yet she she does wonder why he bothers. Yeah. But she doesn't really dig in to the why. She just sort of mentions why does he even bother. She blows him off a lot. Very similar to Beauty and the Beast when he's trying to get her to hang out and she's like no and then he gets all "Ah," Mm -hmm. like sad and angsty and like emo. And that's exactly what Tamla does. He he gets in moods. He is an angsty little boy. He's so emo. It's crazy. Um, But in lieu of hanging out with Tamlin, she she seeks out Lucian from the motive we learned earlier which is to talk to to kill her yeah. And to talk well, her and neck her. Yeah, like but she seeks like out her. Lucian to talk with him about swaying Tamlin, about the loophole in the treaty. Again, still and nonsensical based off all the information we have, but whatever. Yeah, I it, get, so it is written. It It's in the script. Said the case. Um, and he continues to taunt her about being a killer. They end up going um, on... Little jaunt. Little... Little ride through the forest. A little hangout. Um, yeah, they go on a little. He's like all ride. passive aggressive. Oh, this was Andrus's shift. Yeah. Because she's like, why are you even doing this? Like, <laughs> so passive. I thought you were an emissary, and he's like, well, I wouldn't have to do it if you didn't kill my fucking friend, you <laughs> asshole. Um, yeah, still an asshole. Yeah, and so that's when she finds out like Lucian is Tamlin's emissary for yeah. formal uses. A, a lot of elusive stuff that we don't really know what means until way later in the series. Yeah. Um, but he does see right through her motives, which I think is fun. Cause yeah. like, he's like, so when are you going to ask me to sway Talon? And she's like, what, what, what? Like he's immortal. Yeah. He ain't dumb. Yeah. He's seen it all. Um, and that's, that, that is the first time like in their conversations one-on-one that Lucian kind of slips up and says, mentions a her, like this elusive yes. her. Yes. And he's scared of her. Mm. And she doesn't know what that means. We, obviously, as a reader, don't know what that means yet. Yet. Like, Unless you're us and we do know what that means. Yes. And it's all but it's, sense. It's a lot of speculation. Of course, Farrah speculates a lot. None mm. of it's fucking true. Yeah. She's an idiot. And she doesn't even know what she doesn't know, which is fine. She's not an idiot. She just doesn't know what she doesn't know. Um, but um, through that conversation of them riding together and hanging out, she also finds out that only Tamlin can shapeshift, which, again, alludes to your point that why didn't she see who he is, who he is earlier? Um, but Lucian really, like, it is this dance. He just continues to dance around her questions. But he lets some things slip, too. He does, on accident. Yeah. But oh, it's, yeah. Like, which is interesting for an immortal, like, so smart. I'm so smart, so handsome. Yeah. I'm a little prince emissary. 
But it's like... He's not a prince. Whatever. He could be. Yeah. Technically. I think what throws them off is that they've never really hung out with a human in yeah. a long time. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. So it's like that dynamic. They're so used to high fae and, and dealing with people of their own kind that it's like this new equilibrium of throwing each other off. It's it's new. Mm-hmm. Um, so Feyre learns quite a bit, I guess. Um, mainly the her seed is planted. Tamlin can shapeshift. And then um, Feyre also learned because she calls him out and says why are you dancing around my questions hey and then she calls him out and says are there any type of fairy that can answer my questions and that's when he mentions first the cereal Mm. which does come up multiple times in this series uh most notably very soon yeah 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 but before and this chapter is actually kind of short too yeah um before we meet the cereal, we meet another fairy. So up to this point, we've heard these legends of all these crazy, horrible, just rancid fairy, like fairy people, and those are all the stories that Feyre knows from legend mm-hmm. from the humans. These bad fairies that will kill you and eat you and take your soul, and they're they're all just bad. But or you to the bottom of a river, all that mm, stuff, all of that. But up to this point, the only interactions we've seen are with people like Tamlin and Lucian. Not even High Fae, because you have Alice, and she's not High Fae, but she's a fairy. Yeah. But she's still, like, they're all just very sweet and kind and civil, I guess. Yeah, they're very human-esque. And the first fairy kind that we see that's very dark and wicked, and that embodies that... uh, that ideal and legend and yeah that just that bad side of who they are comes into play um and that's how the chapter ends is them you know they mentioned the cereal everybody's super excited well she's really excited like oh what does that mean this this thing can answer my questions i have more questions here's a creek in the forest and then lucian's like "Mm, don't do that dummy put your bow down yeah Stare straight ahead. Do not look at anything else. Don't fucking move. Don't move. And it ends with, and then I felt it. Yeah. And that's what Ferris, she's like, and then I felt it. But what's funny is I think about that the whole time. I'm like, if someone told me don't look, don't move, obviously my first instinct just goes, why? Because I'm so combative and I'm so, I question authority and everything's so hard. And I, I always question everything. I'm like, I need to know when, where, why. I don't trust you. I've got questions, and it, obviously in that moment I would have died immediately. So <laughs> I would have been like, okay. Uh, moving on to chapter 10. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a, that is a great segue. Good job. Mm, thanks. We mm. really riffed there. Oh, we did. Proud of us. So, I mean, you really carried us because... You I carried us nothing. right into chapter 10. I didn't have that segue. You said, and then we met a different type of fairy. I mean, we did that. But it is. What Do you know what that fairy's called? Oh my god, I don't. Wait. A bog. A bog. bog. B-O-G. Like boggle. Mm-hmm. The game of letters. So they play in the King a, of the Hill. Do you have a one sentence? Do you want me to read the little synopsis? I got nothing. I told you. Next one, that's where I thrive. Okay, okay. I have a sticky well, note that says... Let's get through chapter second 10. Second reference I have, to I have Starry Night in chapter 10. And okay. then I wrote Creatures... For, this is me reading my sticky note. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't... I was too sleepy... 
to collect all my notes, which is when I realized last night that this was a bad form. Mm -hmm. So I'll change that in the future. okay. Um, But I did write creatures from other lands, question mark. Other worlds, question mark. Girl, we can't even dig in. I know, that's all I've got, though. That is... I know, that's all I've got, though. Well, obviously, like, in the series, there are creatures from other worlds. We find that out in in book two. This chapter's so short. It's only three pages. If it takes us so long to get through it... It won't. I do have some things to say. Go for it. If you'll oblige me. I'll oblige you. (laughs) Is that how you say it? It's oblige. Oblige. But I feel like that's, um... Um, okay. Dictation. So, Lucian, Farah, hunting. Farah. They're talking. Mm. They're hanging out. Yep. They're not vibing, but they're doing something. And that's when they run into this thing called a bog, which um, Lucian is like, you can't do anything, don't move, don't talk, don't fucking do anything. And she can hear it in her head saying, like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, trying to goad her. And then once it passes, of course, he goes, or she asks, what was that creature and he says, we call it a bog. You cannot hunt it. You cannot kill it, even with your beloved ash arrows, which is what brought down Adris and, and other fae. And then, of course, she's like, well, why? Why can't I look at it? Mm-hmm. And he goes, because when you look at it, when you acknowledge it, that's when it becomes real. That's when it can kill you. And that's when it reminded me of the creature in Harry Potter that they fucking look at it, and it, what they fear is what it becomes. Yeah. What they fear is what it becomes, and they can change. Obviously, it's different. Like, it's a different fucking creature. But, but it's not. Wasn't it called something really similar? Um. Oh, my God. What was it? Um, but it literally is in, like, they have one trapped in the closet, and the whole point is that you can, like, you can cast the spell, and you think of something funny to make whatever your, because it, it manifests as your biggest fear. Yeah. But you can cast a spell and make something funny that's out good. of it. That is good. That is good. But I thought that's kind of what it is, because it, it only become the only reason that, that creature is scary is because it's. Be, it manifests you it what real. you scary. It, you make it real. Yeah. You make it what is scary. That didn't make any sense. But <laughs> you do. You make it real because it manifests your fear. And the yeah. only reason you can overcome it is by making it something not scary. Um, which obviously is, is different. What is it called in Harry Potter? Because in my mind it's a bog. It's a bog too. I know. Bogger. Bogger. It's, it's a monster bog. Get out of here. That's what, Damn. so like, it oh, literally. so good. As soon as Fucking I heard so it. so good. And that bitch grew up on Harry Potter no, too. We, well, I mentioned in the first episode, like, we really did. Like, we grew up on Harry. That's why I immediately, she I did immediately too. thought of it. Because I was like. Oh, that's so good. It's a perfect Damn. illustration of like, taking something and then making it different and new. But it's like. Artistic license. That's what that's called. Hey but girl, it is. I'm it so is a different variation of a bogger. So proud that it. We got another so cat fight. So true. Hey. Literal cat fight. Um, I love that. I absolutely love I that. thought you would appreciate that. I that's so why I was so much. excited. I literally would never have drawn that parallel. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. Also in chapter two. I mean that's mainly. That's a. One of the most exciting things in chapter 10, just because of the Harry Potter. Yeah. It's obviously, I think it's Harry Potter influence. Sarah, girl, let us know. Were you low-key subconsciously No, and that's okay. Like, we're all, 
We're influenced so. by the things around us. We're inspired to create. And we all love Harry Potter, so like, if you didn't, it's fine, but fuck off. Um, additionally, <laughs> though, out, coming down from that high. Oh, no. Um, they get back after the bog incident. Mm. And Tamlin, of course, like their main time they all hang out together is a three is a dinner. So like they get back and Tamlin's waiting for them. Like they're eating, they're going to eat dinner, but he's like waiting for them when they return. And, um, it's kind of passive aggressive between him and Lucian. Yes. But in a way it's because they have their own. It's because no, it's, it is and it isn't, but it's, she low key even says like, Ooh, I did basically say don't want to be with you want to be alone then show up with Lucian because I spent the whole day with him whoopsies yeah Yeah. no I mean yeah exactly (laughs) yep (laughs) Freddie is just really proving my point so no I agree um but that's really all it is is like a little bit of subtle passive aggressiveness and then mm-hmm. Lucian of course elaborates on what they're doing and Farrah does as well like oh like we saw a bog and then Tamlin gets visibly upset and is like what because obviously they don't want this creature on their lands so he, des- he decides to go hunt the bog but it is a further illustration of his anger issues and like his <laughs> inability to like control his emotion where it's like not in a way that's like well yeah it's like he fucking destroys a a fork and it's like okay yeah like anger happens you let it slip but also like in the way that she chooses to manifest his anger it continues to show like the fork in Tamlin's hand folded in on itself he said with lethal calm you ran into it in reference to the bog. Like, it's this constant reinforcement of, like, yeah, he's strong, he's lethal, whatever, but, like, he also chooses to let that anger control him in a way where, like, fair is constantly like, oh, are, are the claws going to come out today? Are they going to come out in this conversation? Like, it's unpredictable in the way that he also, I think, is controlled by his anger because it's unpredictable to him as well. Agreed. The only really other thing that happens, I think, in chapter 10 is she stays up. It's interesting. She stays up. She says she can't sleep. And, like, part of her excuse of why she can't sleep is she's like, oh, well, I'm trying to see, like, if he returns. Because she was told by Lucian that the bog was this, like, scary creature that that even an ash arrow can't take down. And, you know, she grew up on an ash arrow is what can kill a fae. So, like, what do you mean an ash arrow can't take it down? It must be a really scary creature. Yeah. And so, it's like... Have they dispelled any of the other beliefs? No. Okay. No. JK. But it's still her preconceived notion of, like, what... I mean, we do know an ash arrow works. Yeah, yeah. That's... that is It's unequivocal. And so that's, like... It's one of those where it's like, okay, well, we already know, proven as a reader, that the ash arrow works. So an ash arrow can't take down this creature. Well... Okay, but Lucian says Tamlin can, so that also continues to prove that Tamlin's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And she ain't dumb, but apparently she is. Yeah. Um, but in her staying up and sort of waiting to see... Oh, well, here's another parallel, like, just to 
cap it off because she's talking about how like Tamlin went off and left to go hunt the bog um like Lucian says oh well like Tamlin can kill it like I already said like we can't which is fine but Tamlin can so it creates this contrast of like oh well like you're not all powerful you're not all equal because like Tamlin can kill it but you can't and that's when he she's kind of I think starts to realize even though maybe subconsciously she realizes it but like in real life she she won't admit it to herself because she says like the gruff high fay half-heartedly flattering me was capable talking about tamlin of killing a thing like the bog and yet he'd serve me himself that first night again coming back to the eating mm-hmm. but also the ju- <laughs> juxtaposition of him serving her a lowly human but also being powerful enough to kill something that can't be taken down by an ash arrow right he offered me life rather than death i'd known he was lethal that he was a warrior of sorts but and so it's like i i highlighted the point he offered me life rather than death and that's where i started to draw in even more of the stockholm syndrome of like she now feels indebted to him in a way mm-hmm. of he saved her mm. even though it, it it's not that but it is and it but it's not you don't I know it is yeah. but it isn't what it is but it isn't yeah and so I just thought so that convoluted. was an interesting parallel because I don't know whatever yeah I don't have to explain it anymore I talked a lot no <laughs> it's because you had all the things to say and it's great yeah um do you want to tell how this chapter ends because it is a pretty good you tell me it is a pretty good ending because you know, I think she's it, sitting here waiting for I think for it Bob. might be a good little cliffhanger for us to end this episode That's on. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's over here sitting around going, oh, I survived the bog. What's going to happen next? Um, she's just chilling in her room. Mind Sharpening you her knife and her <clears throat> go back. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> mind you, she has her little to-go satchel. Yeah. She's hidden her little knife. Um, she looks out into the garden, sees a little figure, it's a man, sorry, a male, um, and she wasn't sure who it was, this little figure hobbled out, and her father is standing out in the garden of all places, her little, crippled, unmoving, unprovoked father allegedly ventures all the way to Prithian to save her yeah i think that's a good place to stop Mm. interesting Mm. so that's uh the end of chapter 10 and we can always uh we'll pick back up on chapter 11 next time yeah uh and it's a good one it's a lot it's it's interesting it's it's I was just proud of myself for the Harry Potter I reference. Mean, so I literally internalizing that. So fucking. I bad. wrote it down. I wrote HP, and then I was like, I wrote HP. I was just worried. That's the competitive side of me. I was like, she's gonna figure it out before me, and she's gonna steal my glory and say it all. But it's a good one. All right, y'all. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, thank you. Um. We really want you to continue to read with us and obviously fill in any gaps that we're missing because there's so many and obviously we can read in, no pun intended, to every every line and sentence of this story. 
Um, but it's worth reading into because it's really, really fucking good. So um, send us all your thoughts and feedback. And if it's Feelings. hateful, honestly, we don't want to hear it because I already have a lot of negativity within me. Um, but, you know. As long as it's objective, I'm cool with it. If it's specifically about me, I can't deal with it. So don't do that. All right. We'll okay, uh, um, put a bookmark in it, oh and I guess God. we'll see you next time. All right. Goodbye.